0: All right, welcome back to Vernacular Podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Sally. And we are still broadcasting from a mobile studio. We have a little shared mic between the two of us in uh, my new office in our house. And we're doing that because we're still waiting on moving stuff.
1: Hopefully the day after this comes out, we will have all of our our stuff. <laughs>
0: Hopefully. That is the plan. But it could be delayed yet again. It, it's really anyone's guess at this point. And it's kind of what we want to talk about today. Sort of how we've adjusted to not having our stuff, and what we've learned from it. But at the outset, I think we want to say that we're not pretending that like we know the struggles of people who don't have anything, right? Or uh, that we know yeah, we don't
1: equate our experience with people in literal poverty.
0: No, not at all. But I do think that having well, we we've learned things through not having all of our stuff, and I think those are good things. I and mean, we wanted to take a, a few minutes just to share what we have learned.
1: Yeah, even for us we consider ourselves fairly minimalist already, but the experience of having a whole moving truck full of household items, books, furniture, clothing not available for the past over a month of time has I think just stretched us all both individually and as a family. Yeah.
0: So the story is basically we at the end of May, we had our all our stuff packed up in our old house and had it loaded on a moving truck and it was supposed to be arriving you know, in Colorado at our new house shortly thereafter. We didn't have an exact date.
1: The latest was two weeks.
0: Right. So that was the, that was the absolute worst case scenario. Previously, we've used the same moving company and it's been, you know, literally we get to our destination and the next day, our stuff's there. So that's kind of what we were expecting. And that's not at all what happened. And instead they kept delaying and delaying and saying, okay, well, at the latest, it'll be June 14th. And then June 14th came and went and they said, okay, now we don't really have a date. And then eventually they called us and said, how about July 3rd? (laughs) So that's the current schedule. And we are living with the stuff that we packed up into our vehicles when we drove to Colorado. So we had a sedan and a minivan. We basically packed that with stuff that we thought we, we would need for a few days before our stuff arrived. So things like a coffee maker and a kitchen broom, obviously suitcases full of clothes, things like that. One or two little like Rubbermaid containers of toys for the kids. So we were really not packing for a month's worth of living. We were just packing for, you know, like a week at most. And, you know, here we are almost a month later and we still don't have our stuff. So again, uh, I I think what we don't want this to be is complaining because at first I was complaining. I was complaining a lot, especially to Sally about this. And I was like, this is so ridiculous. The moving company should have our stuff here. This is outrageous. And Sally challenged me. uh, And I, I prayed about this a lot to just like embrace the detachment from material stuff and embrace the fact that I'm separated from all the things that I want right here. And instead look to make lemonade out of lemons and learn from this experience. So we have, we have three things that we think we've learned from this and wanted to share those with you today.
1: Yeah. it just kind of became a good opportunity to embrace, as you said, detachment from possessions because we, we don't want to be attached to our attached to our things. And here we are literally unable to be attached to them and physically. So then you hope that it spiritually and emotionally, you can also be detached.
0: I do have a question for listeners, though, because this has been a point of contention between me and Sally. Do you think, dear listeners, that books count as possessions? <laughs> so, if, in other words, if I have an attachment to my books and my most of my books, the majority of our library is with the moving stuff in a storage locker somewhere. And I want those books. So, is my desire for those books a material desire or is it not because Sally, (laughs) this
1: intellectual desire attached to the ideas. That's you, what you claim.
0: Wow. Very sorry for that. Very loud motorcycle that just drove by our house (laughs) there. Uh, Yeah. So my opinion on this is that I don't like, I'm not longing for the books because of, the materialness of the books. Like I don't, I'm looking at this book on my table right now. I don't, I don't appreciate this book because of the fine binding of the book or the pages they're in. I like this book because of the ideas that are expressed therein. And when I have my library with me, I can access those ideas and I can refer to those ideas and I can study those ideas and pour over them. So in my view, wanting my, my books here is not a material thing.
1: But now that I hear you say this again, I am more convinced of what you're saying, especially oh, because you're like coming around. Uh, okay, well, because you're a, you're a Kindle person, anyways. Right. So clearly, you're not attached to the physical book. Right. It's having those ideas, so I I can understand what you're saying. But I also think that you can access most of those ideas probably in other ways. The library, well, that's what which we've, done. You, you, we've used, yeah. that was one of
0: the first things we did when yeah. we got here. We thought if we're if we're in a you know largely empty house with three kids between now and whenever we need to have a library card and just be able to go get books. And the library system here is great. You can rent out 100 books on a single library card at any given time. And so we've, uh, have we, have we hit, we haven't hit that. No, I think we've
1: only hit 50 at a time. Okay.
0: Well, we've we've done a lot. So (laughs) we have a lot of books out and there are, you know, children's books scattered all around our house, mostly in our girl's bedroom, but uh, yeah, we've done that. So anyway, Sally, I do want to hear from listeners, though, on that. So do you think attachment to books is is material or not? But we, we have these three things that we want to kind of go through. So, Sally, what's the first thing we've learned from this sort of forced experiment in minimalism?
1: We learned that we can do with less than we thought we could. We've kind of conjured ourselves as being pretty minimalist already, as I said, and we've really been... Pretty fine without a whole moving truck verse full of stuff, and even the kids, which is probably the most surprising. They have made do with the books from the library and the other few books that we brought along with us, the few toys that we did bring along with us, and I know that they miss their other toys and clothes, but they've they've embraced it. I think for the the, the period of time that we have, yeah, leaving. just
0: just a day actually, I. Uh, Esther proudly came and brought me all of the food that she's been collecting like the, the play food and most of it, if not all of it is leftover like, like containers from real food that we've had here and like we actually or, or an unopened can of tuna fish that she has as like her tuna fish. Or she has like a little bottle of half and half, and she's keeping this all in a little shoe box. so it's very creative. And <laughs> and she, she
1: made a fridge out of a box.
0: She made a fridge out of a box. She also made a TV out of a, like yeah, a cardboard box and a sofa. <laughs> yeah, that she could uh, put up on the uh, on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, so they've been really creative with it. They've really embraced it. It's also a reminder to me because I think it's a little bit harder for us to detach from things because we have grown up. Our entire lives with more things than we have in our house right now.
1: Yeah, but for a two and four year old. Yeah,
0: it's so much more natural, I think, to just make do with what's around them and not be attached to what they previously had. So that's been kind of cool to see, and they've helped me kind of adjust my own expectations and my own uh, my own way of doing things as well as as I've watched them adapt to what we have and don't have. It's helped me.
1: Yeah, and I think seeing them treated as kind of a little adventure has helped me too. Because in the kitchen, we just have you know one pan, one pot. Everything is a little bit too small for what we need, and paper plates, and you know two travel mugs and a coffee maker. Thankfully, but few appliances, and we've been kind of eating the same things and just kind of simplifying our routine with in terms of meals. But there has been very little complaining, so yeah. I'm I'm proud of all of us.
0: Yeah, I think we all are looking forward to a dining room table. Yes. Uh, that would be nice to have. Um, and we're looking forward to not having to eat off paper plates, just because you know, it's hard to, like, cut things on a paper plate and things like that. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, and the kids have definitely looked at it as an adventure. And there are perks, too. I mean, we're in a mostly empty house, so lots of lots room, of, to, lots run of room to run around. One of the girls' favorite things is um, where Lucy says... You can't get me. And then I chase him around, like, pretending to be a monster. Yesterday or the day before, we played indoor kickball. It like a <laughs> little tiny ball, and we set up little bases around the room. It was pretty fun.
1: With Leo's little baby ball, yeah.
0: Yeah, so there have been good opportunities for that sort of thing. I think, so, yeah, in addition to helping you realize that you can do with less, uh, it also helps you be creative. Uh, and find find new ways of doing old things or just new ways of doing new things.
1: Yeah. So I think this is our second point. That... Well,
0: I think that at least ties into the second point, which is that it not just helps you to be creative, but that having less forces you to be more outward in your orientation. Yeah. And we've talked about this a lot on the podcast before, but humans are social animals. So that means that we are made for community with each other. And when you don't have a washer and a dryer in your house... You have to go outside of your house to do laundry. That could be going to a laundromat where you can meet people in the community and spend time. I've had some interesting conversations with people at the laundromat while we've been here. Um, or you know, someone, uh, a friend of yours or a neighbor might say, "Come over and use my my washer." Right, and we
1: just had that experience the other day. Just had
0: that, yeah. So uh, I think it forces you to be to be outward.
1: To rely on other people, and sure. I was thinking when when we have everything that I think we need, I'm not going to ask anyone for anything. I'm not going to accept help from anyone because I've I'm good. I've got it all. And but when we don't have all of those things, you know, we get a crock pot from your sister. We get a washer and dryer use from a friend. We get tools from a new another. Yeah, new that was friend. a huge one
0: actually. So we uh, that's a really good point. Yeah, I have no tools here because I didn't pack tools, thinking I would need tools. But we got here and there was a pretty significant bathroom, you know, home improvement project that needed to happen. And so uh, I made it happen, but only because of the generosity of a friend who who gave me so many tools, like more tools than I could ever, uh, would ever need or could ever want to do this job. And that was just, you know, a, a symbol of his generosity. But yeah. I wouldn't have been able to do that without him. And honestly, if I had my stuff here, I wouldn't have asked. And so I, I was grateful for the opportunity to, you know, A, be humble enough to admit that I didn't have what I needed. And also there's a little bit of, you know, I don't exactly know what I'm doing in there as well, but, um, you have to be, be
1: vulnerable with right. those people that you're willing to accept help from.
0: Exactly. And be just the opportunity to like go spend time with that neighbor as he walked me, you know, through his garage and shed, you know, throwing all this stuff in a big bin that I might need. So it was really good. And I think I was grateful for that opportunity that I would not have had if we had all our stuff.
1: Yeah. And I think, having fewer things in our house has pushed us outside of our home to make use of community services like the library, right? Like the laundromat, like the Y, um, Leo has way more toys at the Y that he can play with than <laughs> yeah. he does here. And I'm happy for him that he gets that chance, uh, to, to jump in a little, right. little jumper while we're waiting for ours to arrive and parks
0: and playgrounds. Yeah, parks too and, in, exactly. Uh, Colorado is such a good hiking spot. So we've already been on several family hikes because you know, what else are we going to do? Uh, so uh, it's been really good, I think. And it's been, it's been a good way of living. Um, and
1: forced us to maybe uh, explore our environment quicker than we might have otherwise, because we haven't been busy setting up our house. There's nothing to set up.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. And so we've just been, we have been doing a lot of exploring and we already went to the zoo. We've got a couple of hikes under our belt, multiple library trips, Lots and lots of shopping just because uh, we...
1: We don't really have a routine with that. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> or so we run like, out of oh, paper plates and
1: or we run out of spoons and what do we Or paper towels or yeah. you know, we,
0: our gallon of milk spoiled because we forgot to <laughs> set, our, set our refrigerator. Setting in our
1: fridge. Yeah, our
0: refrigerator was set to like a vacation setting so it was like too warm <laughs> and we were like, why is the yogurt and milk always spoiling Curdling. after like... Five days. Oh, terrible. So how I figured that one out. Um, <laughs> and then I had to figure out how to adjust the temperature setting. So I was like looking – I was like scouring all inside the f- fridge and freezer because that's where I've normally seen the temperature controls. Right. And then I realized, oh, it's right here on the front. There's like a big button that says like temperature and it's, it's all very it easy. It solved the problem. It's all very easy if you're not an idiot, I guess. Um, so, okay. That was, the, that was two things then. You can always do with less and two – Uh, having less forces you to orient yourself outward but there's a third thing we came up with so yes
1: the third thing is that having less makes you more grateful not only for what you have right now but also for the in our case for the things that are coming and we are so thankful for the items that we have with us that we've brought with us on a moving truck that we've been able to borrow that we've purchased since we came here um we're so thankful for a mattress and for sleeping bags and for the clothes that we do have and for working cars and the roof over our head and a working kitchen. But we're also going to be really thankful for all the stuff in that moving truck once it arrives. Yeah. It's almost, it's just going to feel like Christmas it's going to be Christmas in July. I think it
0: might feel like too much. Honestly, I, <laughs> I know. I think I, I'm going to be overwhelmed. Yeah. I
1: actually thought of that. Yeah. I think I'm going to be overwhelmed.
0: I was going to ask how, how do we go back from being forced minimalists? I know. How do you come
1: back from this? I don't know if I need all those things in the kitchen.
0: Um, yeah, I don't really know either. I mean, we we should kind of go through it and figure out what we don't actually need and we can we can give that away. Uh so that's a good idea. And I think, you know, the the gratitude part of that is if you feel grateful for what you have, you're gonna wanna pass pass it on too. So I think that is a good thing. I also think that it just you know, not having something makes you realize the value of that thing. So, you know, something as simple as like a bed that's elevated to, you know, the height of a normal bed so that you don't have to like get up off the floor or a floor mattress you know that's we've been sleeping on a floor mattress for a month and i'm not saying that's the worst thing ever there are people who sleep in way worse conditions etc we have a roof over our heads and it is a comfortable mattress at least and all that but it's on the floor right and so when we have a bed that's not on the floor it's gonna be like wow this is amazing yeah (laughs) so it's gonna help us i think appreciate the small things and be really grateful for those things too because those are things we haven't had for the past month um, and again, we're not saying we're, we're martyrs. We have like we haven't we haven't made any serious sacrifices. I think that's yeah. actually kind of the point of this conversation. Is yeah. that like we thought it was going to be a lot of sacrifice, and it really hasn't been. It's in, it's in some ways forced us to spend more time together, which is great. It's spend it's forced us to spend more time with our neighbors, which is great.
1: Forced all of us to be more creative, our children included. Right.
0: It's made us just less in general attached to the things that we have. And that's great. So uh, we're not saying that it's been hard or it's been a struggle or like we need a pat on the back. I think far from it, we are saying that it actually wasn't that hard and
1: And actually uh, talking about gratefulness. I'm grateful for this experience. I'm actually grateful that the moving truck has taken so long to get here.
0: I am as well because, and like I said, my attitude was pretty bad early on and Sally challenged me to change it. And I did. And I'm glad I did because we've learned from this experience, and I think uh, we're better for it. And maybe we'll we will be able to comb through the stuff that is coming and figure out what we can give away to help other people uh, have the experience that we have had with it. So,
1: yeah, that'd be great.
0: Any other thoughts on minimalism, Sally?
1: I don't think so. I think that uh, I'm I'm excited to see how we can incorporate these new lessons into our family life going forward.
0: Who's the great minimalist icon out there? Have you heard of her?
1: Oh, oh! You mean the the TV?
0: I think so. Yeah, she's like all about minimalism. Right,
1: right, right. You know, what is she called?
0: My my uh, uh, brother in law mentioned right because she has a TV today. show. Yes. Oh, I am
1: t- completely blank okay. on what it is.
0: Well, but. so I I'd never heard of her until he mentioned her, um, but and then my sister chimed in and said like her thing is that basically.
1: You have to All, take each thing that you own and see if you if it brings you joy. or something. How did you know this? Well, because everyone's been talking about it oh. for years. Oh, okay. So but now, now it's on TV, so everyone okay. else knows about it. So
0: this is not new to anyone except me, I guess. But I did think that was interesting. Like, if I think, I think the phrase was, "If it sparks joy, like you only keep that which sparks joy." And uh, I think this experience has taught me that, you know, to have to have a full, complete amount of joy, I don't need the things that I thought I did, and so I'm really grateful for that experience. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Uh, I do want to hear from our listeners on whether or not books count as things as far as <laughs> material attachments. So let us know that. You can reach out, Zach Sally at VernacularPodcast.com. We'll be back soon with a great interview with an author. Uh, that'll be in two weeks from now. And uh, we'll be coming to you from our full studio compliment then, which should be a little better on the sound quality. Thanks for bearing with us uh, so far on this. Hopefully it's made you Feel grateful for what you normally get from the vernacular
1: podcast. (laughs) You'll be extra grateful when you get the clear audio that's coming.
0: All right. Thanks so much for listening. For Vernacular Podcast, I'm Zach. And I'm Sally. Have a great week.